Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are discussing the third and final book in the Hunger Games series, Mockingjay by Suzanne Collins. It has taken an emotional (laughs) toll on us. Yeah. And as much as I love this series, I... I am happy to be done with it, almost. It is, uh, it's distressing. And I can't believe I read this at the ripe age of, like, ages 12 through 14 and was like, yeah, that was so good. Give me more. So incredibly depressing. I will say that I am, like I've said in the past few episodes, I'm stoked to read the prequel. It's going to be, you know, something new and exciting. And it'll still be sad. I know it'll be sad. But I think it'll be intriguing more than anything. Oh, yeah. Um, because she can write a damn book, I tell you what. Girl, I tell you what. (laughs) So before we jump into ratings, I will read the blurb from Goodreads. So it says, Katniss Everdeen, girl on fire, has survived, even though her home has been destroyed. Gail has escaped. Katniss's family is safe. PETA has been captured by the Capitol. District 13 really does exist. There are rebels. There are new leaders. A revolution is unfolding. It is by design that Katniss was rescued from the arena in the cruel and haunting quarter quell. And it is by design that she has long been part of the revolution without knowing it. District 13 has come out of the shadows and is plotting to overthrow the capital. Everyone, it seems, has had a hand in the carefully laid plans except Katniss. The success of the rebellion hinges on Katniss's willingness to be a pawn to accept responsibility for countless lives, and to change the course of the future. To do this, she must put aside her feelings of anger and distrust. She must become the Rebel's Mockingjay, no matter what the personal cost. So, what would you rate this book? I still think very highly of this book. I would rate it a 9.5 out of 10. I still think this book is freaking fantastic Mm -hmm. the only thing is like the ending I just wanted the ending to be different and I know you agree yeah um that's the only reason I docked points yeah no I I give it a 9.34 out of 10 um because I really disagree wholeheartedly with that ending but I also get why she did it I do I really really do it's just like as an adult, I think as a young person, I would have given it a 10 out of 10 for sure. Yeah, just because we would see that as like a happy ending. As yeah. A as an adult, I was like, God, let her rest. I know. And the thing is, I mean, maybe she did it on purpose. She's like, she can't rest because this was her life and she will. It'll be a long road to recovery if she's ever able to recover. Like, she truly cannot rest. All right. Well, let's get this Panem and get started. (laughs) Let's get this Panem. So we are going to start by talking about the characters as per usual. So Katniss, once again, the book opens up with the adventures (laughs) of Katniss and Buttercup. And I love that she has paralleled this in all three Oh, my God. I love the full circle we get with Buttercup the cat as well. Buttercup is a, I know Buttercup is an asshole on the surface, but Buttercup has a heart of gold and is a little guardian angel. Um, And they, Katniss and Buttercup, they just have this mutual respect and tolerance for each other because they both love Prim so much. 
And, and I you think know, that's honestly, like we probably could have put Buttercup as one of our symbols as well, because like, I think she is truly like this symbolism for like survival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Buttercup survived the fucking bombing of District 12. Katniss shows up and she's like, oh, my God, you're alive. Like, how are you here? <laughs> Buttercup, you're coming home with me. And then no, when Buttercup so comes back looking for Prim, like at the end of the book, I was like, oh, my God, stop, dude, I cannot. I cannot. We, we got to wait till we're ready to talk about that later because I will cry. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> uh, this one, this book, like, was really, really interesting because, like, obviously in the other two, a lot of it was focused on, like, her survival in the actual, like, Hunger Games themselves. Mm-hmm. And so this was, like, a very different type of survival. It was more of, like, an emotional survival yeah. Where she really had to lean on the people around her, even though they probably were not the people she should be leaning on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, given those circumstances, like, she still didn't really know who to trust. And it sucks. I mean, I'm about to absolutely tear Gail to shreds. I just want to like, go ahead and lay that out there. <laughs> but it sucks. It sucks. Because I can understand the reasons why Gail is the way he is as well. Yeah, and I, I, I do, yeah. I will be also providing a defense for him later. But yeah, Katniss has to lean heavily on Gail for emotional support because, first of all, Peta's not there. And in the past couple of books, she has been finding that partnership and emotional um, support from Peta, but he's not there. He's been kidnapped by the Capitol. So she is really leaning on Gail. And of course, I mean, she trusts him. They're great friends. It's not like that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But she begins to feel very conflicted because Gail is extremely enthusiastic about the war and about taking revenge on the Capitol. And she is seeing that his lines are a little bit blurred and she like feels betrayed. First of all, he prioritizes his like duty quote-unquote to president coin over like telling katniss the truth mm-hmm. and so she's like what the fuck like i'm supposed to be able to trust you implicitly and you're over there playing like loyal soldier to president yeah. Coyne. so that pissed her off and then of course like she is straight up disgusted with him at times when he is just kind of disregarding any innocent lives that will be lost yeah. For the sake of the war. And she's like, what the fuck is your deal? Which I think is very, very interesting as well. Um, And we'll talk more about Gail here in a little bit. But it's like, <clears throat> I think if he had been the one to, you know, participate in the actual Hunger Games themselves, like, he would have a very, very different view of, like, wanting to save those people's lives. And yeah. maybe it's just because Katniss, like has a little more sympathy for them but it's like what happened to him mm-hmm. to like cause him to do this complete like one like 360 like yeah well i will say because i i just have the quotes here so on page 176 um katniss says this is when they're talking about like he's like we should blow up the tunnel in district two so they can't get out 
And Katniss is like, um, do you remember how our dads died? (laughs) There's literally workers down there. And so she says, back in the old day, when we were nothing more than a couple of kids hunting outside of 12, Gail said things like this and worse, but then they were just words. Here, put into practice, they become deeds that can never be reversed. So she's like, he's always kind of been an extremist. And I understand having that passion and that need for revenge. However, there need to be lines drawn or you're no better. And so that's what Katniss is trying to explain to him. Um, On page 189, after like they escape from district two after the Katniss literally gets shot by the one uh, district two guy. So she wakes up and is like, Gail, like what the fuck? Like (laughs) that was horrible. And she, he said, you think I'm heartless. And Katniss said, I know you're not, but I won't tell you it's okay. He says, Katniss, what difference is there really between crushing our enemy in a mine or blowing them out of the sky with one of BD's arrows? The result is the same. She said, we were under attack in eight for one thing. And he said, yes. And those hover planes came from district two. So by taking them out, we prevented further attacks. And Katniss says, by that kind of thinking, you could turn it into an argument for killing anyone at any time. You could justify sending kids into the hunger games to prevent the districts from getting out of line. And he's, he's basically like blows it off and is like, that's not the Mm -hmm. same. And that's not fair, but it's like, Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, and that's a huge parallel that I am going to cover later on in this discussion because, like, really, like, when you have two extremes, like, they may say they're fighting for two different things, but when you're willing to go, like, the ultimate distance for it, it's like you're going to get the same results regardless. Yeah. I feel so bad because Katniss, this whole time, she's been just sick. Sick that PETA is in the hands of her enemy. She they feels very personally him. responsible. Like she, Yeah, she's been losing sleep, having nightmares. They finally rescue him, and she's like, I get to see him. I'm overcome with relief. She goes to fucking hug <laughs> him, <laughs> and he starts to strangle her. Check this bitch out. <laughs> I feel so bad, because it's like, she just can't catch a break. This she poor girl. She really cannot... Oh my god. Awful. Well, and it's just like it is so frustrating to like read about her basically going from like one person of power manipulating her to the next and it's yeah. like putting her faith in someone who said they're going to, you know, make the the world a better place only to realize, oh my god, like this is the exact same person who yeah. got us here in the first place. Like Exactly. It's like, oh, this is literally just a different villain. Well, and it's just, like, every single adult, and we've seen this from the very beginning of the series, every single adult fails her so wholeheartedly. Like, there is not a single one, save for Cinna, that, like, has ever come through for her. Yeah. Because yeah. even Hamish really, like, oh! hasn't come through for her. We're gonna talk about him, because he fucking hurt my feelings. But let's talk about PETA first. I literally, like, was just so heartbroken for him, this entire book. Like, he never does anything wrong. He never does anything wrong. (laughs) He's a good boy and deserves a better life than what he was given. And, like, every single time you had to, like, read about him, like, on the propo thing, Mm -hmm. like, being like, Katniss, you need to give up, like, 
Yeah. Like, save me. I'm being beat to shit every night. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, he doesn't. No. He doesn't get it. He's <laughs> she didn't even realize what was going on until it was spelled out for her. Like they literally beat him on live TV. And she was like, oh, like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know, like, the second time he comes out and, like, he looks worse for wear, and she's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, she's like, oh, they must have filmed that first one, like, right after they captured him, like, and now he's just a little hungry. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, it's horrible. And then he gets turned into a murderous weapon against, like, Katniss, who is one of the only people in the world that he cherishes. The only good thing in his life. Uh, so <laughs> it is so sick and fucking twisted. It is. And it's like, he still, he, I don't think he ever really catches a break. Even like no. in the epilogue, which we'll talk about, like, I feel like I didn't really get any sort of like resolution with his character. He's still not well, for sure. He's not well. Like, he asked multiple times, like, hey, can you just kill me? Yeah. Like, can you just kill me and be done with it? He's like, I've made my peace with it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And they're like, no, you got to keep fighting for a better day. And he's like, you know, I don't think there is one. Yeah. He's like, I'd rather just take my chances with death. And I think I'd rather just die. And I feel like they should have let him. Yeah. Same with Katniss. Like, I really feel like Katniss... They made it sound like at the end, like she was finding peace in her life and whatever. But like, is she really? <laughs> There's no way that she recovers from that. Like, I, I have a hard time accepting the ending for many reasons. But yes. yeah, I would say that the biggest one is acting like Katniss could just go on. Like, they took that choice. Like, she was ready to go. Mm-hmm. And same same with PETA. Like, he was ready to go. Like, they have been through the absolute worst of the worst that humanity could offer them. And they did what they set out to do. And they beat the bad guy. And it's like, and if they want to head on out, you should let them. I think five years from the epilogue, there's a good chance they take Nightlock Berries together. Yeah. You know, like, their kids are grown on their own. Like, they, they're they out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, oh, I forgot about the kids, even. Yeah, they do that, kids. That's another reason that I'm mad about the ending. Um, I want to make a little comparison, too, because this... Okay. Spoilers for an episode in The Last of Us. If you guys haven't watched that show, go ahead and skip forward like a couple minutes. But that episode where, um, what are their names? Oh, uh, uh, Nick Offerman's character. Yeah, I don't remember their names, but I love them. Yes. Um, the two the cute show, gay men in the show. In the show, it's very, in the game, it's actually, it's very sad and it's not yeah. like the show. The show is bittersweet because like, his the love of his life is dying so he's like i'm going to take it upon myself to make sure that we die peacefully together and so i just kind of imagine that's what katniss and peter are going to do yeah it's like you can only live with that for so long yeah you really can nobody should blame them like at all i think they have they have seen plenty of what the world has to offer and it's like it's such a cyclical world too, where it's like they they may have someone good for that time, 
but there's always going to be someone worse. Yeah, it makes me worried for their future. And the fact that uh, we'll get into the kids. We'll get into the kids later. Yeah. I just pisses us off a little bit. All right, okay. let's talk about Hamish. Yes, let's. Bitch. Because I'm so mad at him. Because I'm so disappointed. Me too, because there are moments, obviously, he cares for Katniss and Peta so much, but it's like, pull yourself together, man, because they see you as a fatherly figure. Like, they care so much about what Hamish says to them. And his actions. Mm -hmm. And he just continues to disappoint them. So, first of all, a moment when he is good and kind is Katniss breaks down in tears during one of their, like, um, things that they're filming. She breaks down in tears because she realizes that PETA is actually being tortured by the Capitol because it took her a while to put two and two together. But (laughs) I thought it was genuinely sweet in a very fucked up way that Hamish was like, do you want me to have you sedated until the rescue mission is over? Because he is like, like you're scaring me. Genuinely worried for her well-being. And it's like, I think you should just take a little sleep like Fennec and just wait for them to get back. See, I did think that was very nice. I thought that was very nice that that was an option for her. But I feel like they kept using that as, like, a crutch. And any time she would kind of start to spiral out or show any, like, strong emotions, they were like, gotta sedate her. Oh, 100%. It's fucked up. That's terrible. However, I can understand in the position that they're in, they're like, you've got to calm down. Like, you gotta get it together. I'm not but saying that But also, she's right. 18. No, 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 I'm not saying that it's right. It's not right. It's wrong. It's very wrong. But do I understand it strategically? Yes, I do. I do get it. Um, but Would I be very, very upset if I was Katniss and that's how I was being treated? Yes, I would. Like, girly, you need to go take a little nap and yeah. we will re re join this group later she had such good ideas and like she probably could have made stuff happen way quicker but because they saw her as a threat they're like no you are a crazy silly little girl like your mind is just not quite right yeah and so you need to stay here and heal and just take a really long nap and yeah and her ideas would have been more she would have been a more just leader and they weren't interested in being just. They were interested in control. Control and taking as much revenge as possible against yeah. the capital. Absolutely. So Hamish does confide in Katniss that President Snow had his family and girlfriend executed within two weeks of him winning the games because of that stunt he pulled with the force field. They immediately killed everyone he cared about. So he confided that to Katniss which obviously tells us a lot about his past. Um, The thing that hurt the most is when this is after Prim is dead and Katniss seeks Hamish out for comfort because Snow has just told her that Prim's death is Gail's fault. Um, So she is obviously heartbroken, confused. She considers talking to Peta about it, but she is, she kind of is like, no, I can't, I can't talk to him about this specifically. 
and goes to talk to Haymitch, but Haymitch is drunk. And so when she shows up, he's like, what's going on? You got more boy trouble? And she immediately goes to drug herself and go to sleep because mm-hmm. that <laughs> hurt. She's like, out so of bad. everything that's happened, like, that's what you all are still worried about is yeah. like, what boy I'm seeing right now? Like, <laughs> like she was mourning the loss of her baby sister, but that's what he's and he immediately regretted it. Like, as soon as she left the room, like he tried to chase her down, but he was too drunk. And I think that's what is the most disappointing thing about his like character development is that I really thought at some point he would pull himself together and yeah. like be the grown up that they needed. But I can also really respect why Suzanne Collins did that because it is overly realistic. Like yeah. that that is what happens. Like people who are in that lifestyle like aren't gonna change. Yeah. And especially when he's using it to to like hold himself together. Yeah. Like that is his coping mechanism and it has been for decades. And to ask him to change, it's just unrealistic. Yeah. And so yeah, it's like as as disappointed as I was, like I understood it. Same. But it's still it is still sad though, because I really was rooting for him and he <laughs> wasn't a villain, but he also was not helpful in any way no. in this last book. Um, I was a little sad, like at how little we saw Effie in the third book. Like, yeah, she kind of well, just she was being held. She was being prisoner. tortured. <laughs> I mean, she's grown. At what cost? I don't know. Uh, she probably almost died, but I was happy that she and Katniss had like their reunion at the end, though. Yeah, that was me nice. Too. And I think it meant a lot to both of them to see, to see each other and like, like physically see that they were both okay. Yeah. It again, gave you some of that like resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, Plutarch, Heavensby. He's just a little bitch. I hate him. You know, he's so shady. And I I thought his character was pretty cool in the second book because mm-hmm. he's, like, masterminding, you know, this escape for all the rebels. But we also said, like, you have to be a little bit evil oh, to yeah. be in that role. And he is. Like, he is only there for himself and, like, the control and power he can get out of this whole shenanigans. And I was a little upset that he had such a good ending for himself. Like, he didn't managed deserve to it. stay in power little to no consequences like but isn't that how things go sometimes yeah it is and again i suzanne collins is really good about being a realist yeah it's true and then with president coin uh so much to say about president coin so much to say yeah like the well parallels. i'll let you talk about yeah the parallels pretty early on like you're like okay like who is this lady like obviously she has been, she feels very wronged about the situation like maybe she truly is trying to like make panem a better place mm-hmm. and i mean even katniss bought into it she was like hell yeah like i'll fight for you guys because like that's what i went to but then you do start to see the parallels between her and snow and so they are on two opposite ends of the spectrum but really they aren't because where president snow wants to maintain that control and like keep everyone in line so does coin but 
for the people of the capital, but also for the rebels. Like she wants to have them in a firm grip while also having the capital in a firm grip. Mm -hmm. And even at the end there, she was like, all right, cool. So what should we do for like our own Hunger Games? And Peter's like, wait a minute. He's like, what the fuck did what you, do you say? mean? And she's, she's like, like yeah, it's yeah. so children from the capital, right? And everyone was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Peter was the only person. He was like, no, like, why would we do that? Yeah. Which was a little disappointing, too. Like, even Hamish, I was like, come on, man. Like, I know. Yeah, that... It feels out of character. And so I did have some problems with the end. Like, yeah. For I a lot did. of reasons. But it's like, there is a very blurred line between like good and evil. And uh, well, that's one of my discussion questions that we'll talk about later. But it's like, there needs to be a middle ground somewhere where like you have one person, they get both sides of it. But because they get both sides of it, they're going to make changes based off of that. Mm-hmm. So that you can make better choices. But, like, she really would have just created the exact same scenario. Yeah, because, you know... in the rebels' favor. She literally already murdered children in a ploy to make it look like President Snow was the one who did it. And so, she is clearly not above it. No. Like, she's not above it. She... Was ready to just absolutely off Katniss, too, because she outlived her usefulness. It's like, she's created this very public figurehead. It's done what she's needed to do. And she's like, now we have to kill you, though. Yeah. To, like, really get the people going. Because you're still a threat to her own personal power, to President Coyne's power. And, yeah, she's like, and it'll rally the people even more in our favor. Except uh, it didn't. <laughs> she is so... I mean, she is just as evil. Yeah. It's crazy. She is the other, if you will, the other side of the coin to President Snow. like The coin. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whenever Katniss was, like, making her demands, she was like, I kill Snow. And President Coin says, tell you what, when the time comes, I'll flip you for it. Mm-hmm. Coin, her name is literally, like, it's just up in the air it's up to chance Mm -hmm. just flip a coin i love that oh my god suzanne you really have done it again you have outdone yourself girl that was a good one um yeah no she sucks i'm glad she died what like a poetic way to end to yeah she's like can you see the rose on his lapel good keep watching that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you'll never see this coming yeah she did a real a real good job like leading the rebellion though because people really do like they do follow a cause like that they're like yes we're doing the right thing and they fall into that trap of like so this new leader is going to make us a better world you know what it's I mean? not even the the cause it's all about the leader in mm-hmm. that instance it's like that's why people blindly follow president snow too though it's like is he terrifying yes and they're probably more scared than anything but like he is a very charismatic leader and so was coin Mm -hmm. like she rallied the people and like if they put enough blind belief into somebody like maybe her cause did start out good like maybe it was like a noble cause and somewhere along the way she's like but wait we have the people now 
I can do what I want. I'm trying to think, though, if her cause ever would have been good, because I think, bef- I mean, good is relative, because I think it's just always been anti-capital. And sure. I can understand why, of course, but at what point is it too far? Because sure. Katniss, her like style team or whatever from the Hunger Games gets thrown into a fucking jail cell for taking a piece of bread because they're hungry and they're naive little critters and they took a piece of bread and they got thrown into a jail cell. And so it's like, is that fair and just, or is that just anti-capital? You know what I mean? So yeah, like, I don't know that her cause was ever necessarily just, it was, it was just the people rebelling against the capital. Right. They were like willing to do whatever they could to overthrow it. Yeah. Which again, I understand. I get why, but it's, but it's like yeah where do you draw that line between like becoming worse than them and just trying to overthrow them yeah and then with gail his argument is like well we're not we're not doing anything that's any worse than what the capital does to us and katniss is like but shouldn't we be should we be better (laughs) yeah like what is the goal here are we trying to become the capital or are we trying to dismantle the capital so that people can live their lives in peace and that's Gail all is, she wants yeah she just wants to live her life in peace <laughs> yeah and unfortunately gail kind of fell prey to the the propaganda the propaganda yeah uh let's talk about finnick let's dude it hurt my heart yeah everything about finnick the entire book just hurt my little heart yeah because he's very very fragile at the beginning and that's hard that's hard to read too because he was such a strong player in the second book and to see him like that you're just like damn yeah and luckily he does he does come back to us a little bit um before being killed brutally murdered (laughs) (laughs) but one part that really sticks out to me is katniss is is wanting like she wants to know what to do because she has realized that Peta is being held by the capital because of her and she is feeling so guilty and horrible. And so she goes to Fennec and is asking like how he can stand that because of Annie. Like she says, how do you bear it? He says, I don't Katniss. Obviously I don't. I drag myself out of a nightmare each morning and find there's no relief in waking. And I was just like, he is so real for that to just explode on her. He's like, yeah. what a stupid fucking question. Like, how do you think <laughs> I'm dealing with it? No one is. I know. And he does He does start to feel bad, like, whenever he sees that she <laughs> she was actually um, surprised that he started yelling at her. <laughs> but he's fucking been through it. Yeah, but he is like, how fucking naive are you that you think I have found peace with this like in any way, shape, or form? Like, Annie is the only good thing in his life. Like, he was a sex slave for the capital, which the secrets he learned were useful. Yeah. But was it worth it? No. 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 Absolutely it was not. No. But, I mean, he was just like, I need to at least take some of the power back in this situation. So I'm going to take the most valuable thing I can, right. which is information. 
And but how fucking, fucking sad. Yeah. And he's not the only one, too. Like, we talked about this a little bit in um, the first book. Mm-hmm. I don't I think it was a Glimmer. I can't remember what her name uh, was. Foxface. Foxface. Um, she was also a sex slave. And so the capital, like, picked the most beautiful mm-hmm. um, and talented among all of them. And if they weren't tributes, then they were sex slaves. And, like, because... Over anything, they prize beauty and, like, uniqueness and... And pedophilia. And pedophilia, because they're children. Yeah. They're kids. It's horrid. It's terrible. And the only redeeming thing in this book for Finnick was his wedding to Annie. And I'm so, so glad that they got that. Me too. But... But under what circumstance, you know? and tragic. Like, the loss... The loss in this war was, like, unimaginable. And she knew it would be bad and that people would die. But I think she was like, like, she was still flabbergasted when it happened. Like, she lost Prim. She lost Finnick. Gail ended up having to, like, move across the country, basically, because he couldn't stand to know that Katniss blamed him for Prim's death. So she lost her friendship with Gail. Like, she lost so much. And prior to that, she lost Cinna. Mm-hmm. it's so unfair she lost rue it's just so yeah senseless it's terrible and like even though like he got the wedding with annie that he always wanted like the only reason they did that was to get back at the capital like they have to see us being happy yeah and, and so it's like, that was like oh shit it. is it gonna be me like are you actually going to make me marry somebody yeah, I she can't do this. Did freak out, and they were like, "Relax, relax." Like, no, it's Annie and Finnick, and she's like, "Oh, thank God." She, they're like, "Yeah, girl, just hit the dance floor. It's fine." Uh, which was so cute. Oh my god, I know when uh, they Katniss and Prim danced together, and I was crying. Like the one, just like nice, normal thing that they got to do in the book. Terrible, uh, Joanna. Someone check in on her. You know, like, how unfair that, obviously, Peter went through it, and, like, he probably had it the worst out of all of them because of who he was to Katniss. Mm -hmm. Joanna was tortured, too, though, and everyone's just like, all right, anyway, like, this is what we need you to do. Go ahead and start training over here. Like, Not only that, but they're also, like, everyone's bitchy to her. Yes. (laughs) And And it's like, like, she was willing to give her life for this. Yeah, like. I mean, we're all on the same side at this point. Like, let's let's be a little kind. Let's let bygones be bygones. <laughs> I will say, I fucking loved when <laughs> she and Katniss were talking and Katniss was like, yeah, like, I kind of got the feeling that you didn't like me. And she's like, yeah, no, I didn't. I thought you were really tacky. <laughs> and Katniss was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, you, you can't hate her honesty. You really can't. I respect her for it. I really do. I hope she is living a fantastic life. And I'm glad that she made it. You know? I'm really glad glad that she made it to the end. But, yeah. Hopefully she can find some peace going forward. I hope everyone can find a little bit of peace. Yeah. Except for Gail. Gail. I'm just kidding. I hope Gail finds peace, too. I hope he doesn't. Like, what a trash human. He is a child as well, but... He is a child as well, and he that's wasn't. what I was going to talk about. So, a quick a 
before I absolutely lay into him, a quick defense for Gail is that he is a child as well. He has been raised in this world of cruelty and everyone he loves being taken from him. And yeah, like that will damage a person. I do understand. Um, He's also been kind of indoctrinated with these uh, like rebellion ideas. Again, they are also extremists just in the opposite direction. And so he was also preyed upon as a child and turned into a little soldier for the rebellion. So because you know who the most impressionable people are? Children. Children. (laughs) Yes. So that is my quick defense of Gail. However, we need to discuss how a lot of his behavior was not okay. So I'm going to start with this because from from the beginning, he is just pissing me off. So on page 115, he is basically like they're back in um, Katniss's house in like the Victor's village and... He is like, remember like when I was dying there and you kissed me? And she's like, yeah, I remember that. And he basically is like on the verge of tears. So she kisses him again. And he said, I knew you'd kiss me. Katniss says, how? And he said, because I'm in pain. That's the only way I get your attention. Don't worry, Katniss. It'll pass. Like, like, are you for real right now? <laughs> read the fucking room. You too are in the middle of, first of all, this is your hometown that has been obliterated by the Capitol because this is an active war zone. You are in the middle of a civil war. Katniss has been forced to be the face of the rebellion against her will to protect the lives of her loved ones. And he is like, you don't like me back. And I'm Like, get the fuck over it. And also, like, Katniss is so emotionally stunted Because she's never had a healthy relationship in her life. And, like, that's probably the only way she feels like she can, like, connect with Gail is, like, on a physical level, which is so sad. And I hate that. But that's also what they have, like, told her. It's, like, you need to, like, develop relationships like this. Yeah. 100%. It's a, um, you know, a protective mechanism, just like everything (laughs) Just like everything she does, she is just trying to survive. And right. of course, she her care for him is genuine. She, of course, loves him. But we've talked about it before. Like, those feelings are so confused and blurry because she has not had a normal little teenage life where she yeah. can think about, like, what feelings she has for boys. Like, she is busy, she is fucking busy trying to stay alive and to keep other people alive. So get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, that pissed me off. Also, like, he's a psycho, which, mm-hmm. again, not all his fault. They made him that way. Yeah, he's but, been like, engineered. He was a little too excited about, like, the double-timed explosion, like, ex- explosive devices. Because he was yes. like, get, get this. Like, they're going to blow up. And people are going to, like, die and, like, catch on fire, get injured. It's like, and then paramedics, they're going to come out there and they're going to try to save them. Yeah. Then we're going to blow them up. And Katniss is like, oh, my God. Yeah. And he's like, right? Like, amazing. And Katniss is like, the fuck? Like, are you good? And then 
I hope this asshole is fucking proud because that bomb is used on children, literal children, and then the rebel medics go out, Prem is one of them, and she gets blown to smithereens. I just think that is, like, the most fucked up part because he knew Prem. Like, well, he he says he doesn't know Prim was there. Whatever. But it's like, why would they waste their own medics? I think what Gale had in mind when he was designing this bomb was not that it that the rebels would ever be involved. He was thinking, we'll drop this bomb, like on District 2, for example. Yeah. We'll drop this bomb on District 2. They're... They'll get blown up. And then their people are going to run. And then it's only District 2 people being blown up in his right. mind. Which is still... So fucked up. Not okay. (laughs) But it's like President Coyne was the one who like set this into action, right? She's like, we'll we'll send our own medics down there. So that it looks like they're innocent. Right. Yes, it 100%. Gail. Fucking waste though. Those are your medics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it turned the rest of the Capitol against President Snow. It worked. I know. That just seems like a very like useless waste and an evil thing to do because president coin is actually a cunt terrible and like i know he does feel bad about it but like he never really like apologizes no i think he's kind of like in his mind it's kind of like what could i say right to make it you could say sorry yeah you sure could i agree but again it's probably it's a reflection of his age. He's very, quite literally, immature. Like, Just like, what do you want child. me to do, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, of course, he is very emotionally immature as well. Um, we've seen that from the beginning with him I... bullying Katniss for staying alive in the Hunger Games. I also hated his little, like, budding friendship with Peta too, because he was so quick to be like, I'll put you down, man. No worries. Like, yeah. give me one chance. I'll do it. Well, and they're like, no. <laughs> that's the thing is, like, he is just so militaristic. Yeah. And He's so... He's trying to be very practical about mm-hmm. it, I think. Yeah. So he was just like, Peta was like, you have to kill me. Because Peta's argument was that he is a danger to them. And he is going to turn back into, like, the mind control sure. situation. And so Gail was like, yeah. No, I, I'll take you out. So, Gail, I don't think he's trying to be a heartless no. dick. I just think he's a soldier. He's just like, all right, dude, no worries. I got yeah. you. But then it's like, he kind of apologizes about it and was like, I get why you are doing what you're doing, whatever. And, like, gives him the choice, too, with, like, the nightshade capsules yes. or whatever. He's like, this is for you. Like, if you feel like you need to take it, you go for it. Yeah. But, like, their whole little bro sesh, like, when they thought Katniss was sleeping, and they're like, who do you think she'll choose? And Gail's like, I think she'll choose whoever she can't live without. And they're like, yeah, I made the best man win or whatever. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck? A little sausage fest. <laughs> like, there are so many more important things happening right now. <laughs> yeah, and I think Katniss was just kind of in disbelief that that was even happening. She was like, am I actually dreaming right now? Like, that was the one time where I did not like PETA because I was like, grow up. Yeah. Well, with PETA, I mean, a lot of it was he was just genuinely confused about what any of his feelings were because he didn't know what was real, quite literally. I know. Bless his Um, little heart. (laughs) 
so I think like the PETA of like the first and second books would not have had that discussion with Gail, probably. So I'm super excited to talk about President Snow because like I said before, he is one of my favorite villains. He is one of the most well done villains, in my opinion, because it's there's times where it's hard to hate him almost. Mm-hmm. Like you're like respect the game. Yeah. Because like you put in freaking work <laughs> to get here. He did. He poisoned himself. Yeah, like that's dedication. In <laughs> I mean, for a reason, because he was poisoning his enemies and he didn't want them to, he had to make it anything. look like not says. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved whenever Finnick was telling this to everyone and um Katniss thinks poison the perfect weapon for a snake because like that's him that's our little snake boy and that's the prequel songbirds and snakes and I was like <gasps> I just thought it was like really really funny too when it wasn't funny it was really sad whenever <laughs> like the the children from the capital died and he was like well you know one thing I would never do is kill children like that and it's like well that's a little crazy because <laughs> actually you do that it's like, like I get year, where you're coming year. from. He's like, I would like just senselessly murdering him like that. And it's like, okay, no, that's that's actually what you're doing, bud. You little Delulu queen, like he is Delulu. God, like what poetic justice though? Like how he went out I, on his own terms by his own poison. Yeah, he's like, I knew you wouldn't kill me, girl. Let's do this. Yeah, he's like, see, because we don't lie to each other anymore. And <laughs> the truth is, they respect each other. They like, do as much as they are enemies. They understand each other and they respect each other. Which and is it's like he crazy. played. A relatively fair game, too. It's like, he gave her the opportunity to fight back. He always gave her the choice. He's like, now, what you do will have consequences, but I'll leave it up to you. Yeah. I mean, it's true. That's what makes him such a a good villain, though. Because he always... He always has, like, the advantage. Like, whenever, you know, whenever he's in power, he always has the advantage. And he's like, I'm going to basically make it to where people are like they can't beat me so they join me or they die mm-hmm. trying that's what makes him so diabolical and I powerful love it. <laughs> yes i, I love cannot it. wait i'm so excited to read about him in his prime yeah. in his youth back it's when like, he was hot like you're a fucking villain but i am so intrigued by you 100 like he is going to be He's going to be serving cunt and not it's in the be way. really making me question myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm actually going to have to um, find a new therapist. I'm going to have to check myself a few times. I just know it. <laughs> I'm going to have to, um, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I'm going to have to just do a little bit of confession. I'm going to have to pray Catholic on it. Church. <laughs> <laughs> so we have saved one of the best for last prim. Rest in peace, queen. Rest in peace. First of all, I have already talked about how Prim and Buttercup have my fucking heart. They are so pure together. I will remind everyone that in this book, Prim is only 13 years old because Katniss is only 17. Like, she's not even 18 yet. Mm Mm-mm. 
Prim is only 13 years old. And that being said, she literally has become like a nurse at the ripe age of 13 and is well on her way to becoming a full-on doctor. just chocked full of wisdom. She is taking care of the wounded and dying with her mother. She comforts her older sister Katniss after nightmares and tells Katniss, you know, like when Katniss is fretting about the the capital killing PETA, she's like, oh no, Katniss, they won't kill him because they won't have any leverage over you. And it's like, God damn, you are 13. <laughs> and so Katniss is like, what do you think they'll do to him? And Prim says, whatever it takes to break you. And I was like, you are a child. But, like, that's really good advice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, and then we already talked about, like, when Prim and Katniss danced together at the wedding, it was, like, their last, like, happy time together, <laughs> which is so sad. <laughs> and then Suzanne does a little bit of foreshadowing um, on page 221 because Katniss is about to leave with the group for the Capitol. And Prim, they're talking about President Snow, of course. Prim says... Next time we see each other, we'll be free of him. And that, of course, is not true. That makes... No. The next time they see each other is when Prim is dying. Literally exploding. And I I truly don't know how Katniss lives after that. Like, No, yeah. I would have taken the pill. Like, I would have taken it so fast. Like, no one would have stopped me. She was much too slow with No, it. as like, soon as I found out that Prim was gone, like, really gone, I'm popping that pill. She is much stronger than I. I get why she waited. Because she's like, no, I have to see this through in case no one else does. In case no one else kills President yeah. Snow. She's yeah. like, I will see this through and then I will That's fair. you in heaven. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as President Snow was dead and President Coyne. Then, yeah. I'd like, I like, probably would have just, like, I, had that in my mouth, like, as yeah. I'm shooting. And then I would have just asked PETA if he wanted to do it with me. Like, do you want to go together? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Just, like, at the end of book one. That would have, see, that would have been. See, we could have written a, a better really ending. good, very traumatic ending. <laughs> but also, this is for kids, and I don't think that probably would have been it, <laughs> you know? But maybe a, maybe this book series just isn't for kids, the more I think about it. Because I think that would have been a really good, just like full circle moment. Yeah. And then last but not least is Katniss's mom. You know, what growth we've seen from this lady. Like, when she lost her husband, like, she spiraled. Mm-hmm. And, like, it took her a long time to climb back out of that. <clears throat> but I think seeing, like, her, both of her daughter's bravery, like, made her want to be brave. And so when she did lose Prim, she was like, I have to do something better. They Which, are, are it like should not have taken Father that. Archeron. It's, she is the blueprint for Father Archeron. Yeah. It should not have taken her dying to be a better person. I know. But it did. And she's like, I'll keep her memory alive by helping others. And it's like, well, you could have been doing that, like, this whole time. Yeah. And, I mean, she was to an extent. Like, she was working for the rebels, trying her best to to help out. But, like, again, I'm so conflicted with her character because I Mm -hmm. don't want to be too harsh. But, like... 
But also... She could have done so much more. She could have. And she should have. Instead, her daughters were out there sacrificing themselves Mm -hmm. and changing the world. It was very much like a too little, too late thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, she's just not as brave as her children. But I think she was trying to be at the end, so I'll cut her a little slack. Yeah. What are some some thoughts and concerns that you have? (laughs) Some thoughts and concerns I have (laughs) is District 13, which, I mean, we've talked about, of course, President Quinn was the one running this place, and and she was no better than President Snow in the end. But, of course, it was super irrational and and horrible to throw Katniss's prep team in prison for taking a piece of bread. Um, Also... (laughs) On page 49, related to that, Gail is judging Katniss for defending her prep team. He said, Katniss, why do you care so much about your prep team? I open my eyes to see if he's joking, but he's frowning down at the rabbit he's skinning. Why shouldn't I? Hmm. Let's see. Because they've spent the last year prettying you up for slaughter, he suggests. It's more complicated than that. I know them. They're not evil or cruel. They're not even smart. Hurting them, it's like hurting children. They don't see. I mean, they don't know. I get knotted up in my words. They don't know what, Katniss, he says, that tributes who are the actual children involved here, not your trio of freaks, are forced to fight to the death. That you were going into that arena for people's amusement. Was that a big secret in the Capitol? No, but they don't view it the way we do, I say. They're raised on it, and are you actually defending them? And then... She gets really defensive and said, I guess I'm defending anyone who's treated like that for taking a slice of bread. Maybe it reminds me too much of what happened to you over a turkey. This goes back to what we were saying these past couple of weeks about how the people in the Capitol just don't get it. And does that make their actions okay and being complacent with it? No, technically it does not. But if you don't truly understand something... How mad can people be at you? Right. You know what I mean? And of course, I know, like, I know they're adults and the people in the Hunger Games are children. But Katniss is like, they're not even smart. Like, they genuinely are just. They're dumb idiots. Like, dumb, dumb, dumb. So dumb. And we need to cut them some slack. Because they don't know any different. (laughs) But I agree with that to a certain extent. Uh, and we've talked about that before. Yeah. So it's I up. also I really like that they use District 13 as their base for the rebellion. And I, I think I like it because of who President Coyne is as a person, because like historically District 13 ended up breaking away from the rebellion because they were not like moving as fast as they wanted to and they mm-hmm. were not taking like bigger steps than what district 13 was wanting to because district 13 was the people they made all the nuclear weapons and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and they're like no we gotta use these like we need to have like mutually assured destruction and that's kind of the same thinking as president coin where it's like if we can't beat them we need to just wipe it we need to wipe it all out yeah like well we will use our own people to make sure that we get the results that we want to. And it didn't work out great for District 13 the first time. 
And it didn't really work out so great for President Coyne either. And so it was kind of like a history repeating itself type thing. Exactly. That's the thing is like this whole book is just like showing us how it's just a cycle, a cycle of shitty people being the ones with the power and just making it bad for everyone else over and over and over again. And so... I mean, symbolically, Katniss does break that cycle by killing President Coyne, but there's going to be others. There like, will be. So it it's just it's, it's a just the reality of... sad concept. I also really hate the idea of getting stamped with a schedule for the day. Like calm know, down. Like you don't need to schedule my dinner time. <laughs> what is this war? Hey, what that. is this? A post apocalyptic society? You're going to stamp my skin. Get over yourself. (laughs) If I want to take a nap, I will take a nap. Take a fat nap. Okay, so Beatty, again, like, he was a big part of this in terms of, like, the weaponry that he designed. Mm -hmm. And, like, he designed some sick stuff. The bow. The trident. The bow. I know. The double detonating bombs that killed all the children. (laughs) No, that one we can blame on. That Bill. one wasn't good. Beatty's innocent. <laughs> um, he just made it. It wasn't his idea. Uh huh. Uh huh. Gail had the idea. See, no, like that was some sick stuff for sure. And okay, I really love this. Is after District Eight is bombed and Katniss is responding, and when she's like, "Fire is catching, and if we burn, you burn with us." And I was just like, "That's." fucking great like 10 out of 10 i love that um oh (laughs) the story of how katniss learned the hanging tree song is oh my gosh her dad taught her that song at seven years old and of course her mom was like what the fuck is wrong with you do not teach our children that song like that is so crazy to teach your kids the hanging tree and like prim was making little rope necklaces with katniss like (laughs) It was, it was fucked. It's just, like, the fact that they, like, refer to them as the necklace of hope, mm-hmm. like, in this song. Because, like, I looked up the lyrics and stuff, and the lyrics really are just truly yeah. haunting. They are. Yeah. So don't dance to it. I think we'll cover this a little bit in the discussion questions, too. But Katniss's love life has been an ongoing topic for us the last couple episodes because in every book her love life is used almost as like a bartering chip for her where Mm -hmm. it's like if you perform the way we need you to in terms of like how you show affection towards others like you'll be rewarded yeah and again it's kind of the same in this book where it's like her loving Peta is a bargaining chip for the capital. Yeah. And so it's really, again, come full circle because everything does where they're like, yep, you have to act like you love this man. And like people want to see it and they want, they want to feel the tension between you two. Oh, you're actually in love now. Great. We're going to kill him unless you. Yeah. <laughs> unless you like come out of hiding and like face us. And it's like, wow, that yeah. really bit you in the ass, huh? Yeah. And of course we feel We feel so bad for Katniss and she is not sure how to actually feel love because of this. Like she's never been able to just feel it naturally. And so when Gail and Peta return from like they rescue Peta from the Capitol, she watches Finnick and Annie like 
reuniting and she thinks a pang of jealousy hits me not for either Finnick or Annie but for their certainty no one seeing them could doubt their love because again she is like all of my love has been synthesized it's not real it's all like for what show. other people are forcing me to say and right. do of course she has real genuine feelings for both Gail and Peta, but she has it might not, not been be able romantic to... love though. Yeah, and she hasn't she has no clue because she just has not been able to freaking figure it out. Pages 169 through 172. Gail and Katniss are talking, and Gail lets her know that he saw Peta yesterday through the glass because this is when Peta is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> He's armed and dangerous. <laughs> armed and dangerous with his hands. Uh, Katniss says, what did you think? Gail says, something selfish. And Katniss said that you don't have to be jealous of him anymore. And he said, no, just the opposite. I thought, I'll never compete with that, no matter how much pain I'm in. I don't stand a chance if he doesn't get better. You'll never be able to let him go. You'll always feel wrong about being with me. And Katniss, Katniss is fed up at this point. She was like, like, okay. (laughs) You mean the way I always felt wrong kissing him because of you? And he said, if I thought that was true, I could almost live with the rest of it. And she said, it is true. But so is what you said about PETA. Like, she is just done. She's done playing games. She's like, it is what it is. Like, they have broken me. They have broken my brain and my ability to love. Are you happy? Well, and then on page 280, um, Gail and Peter are, like, discussing like her love for both of them and gail says that katniss will choose the one that she can't live without and katniss is like well i can live without both of you yeah so it's like (laughs) don't get it fucking twisted (laughs) she's like i don't need either of you but it's like i don't want you to die (laughs) but it sucks because like again they plant that seed in her head because in the epilogue she does kind of view it as needing she's like i can't live without Peta. (laughs) yeah so it's like they're just planting the seeds and well, because it's like at that time, like she hadn't lost Prim yet. And I really do feel like if Prim had lived and she could have just been they like, got to the end, it would have just been her and Prim. Yeah. And it like she would not have bothered with either of them and she wouldn't have felt like she needed to choose and Oh, that ending. I wish we had it. And of course, you know, like I would want Peta and Gail to survive as well, but but they don't need to be together. They don't. They need to be that together. it's a trauma bond, and that is unhealthy because now you have two very broken people bringing life into this world where I just don't feel like they can successfully like raise happy and healthy children. <laughs> Not at all. And we'll talk more about that in our discussion. But uh, agreed with everything you said. Um, lastly, we do want to, again, touch on the symbolism because it's it's always a, a good topic in these books. Of course, The Mockingjay really steals the show. It is quite literally the title of this book. Katniss becomes The Mockingjay to officially become the face of the rebellion. And um, all of the symbolism that has carried throughout the series is uh, prevalent in the third book. The Rose, President Snow's mm-hmm. Rose. Oh my God. So Katniss shows up to her house in the uh, Victor's, what do they call it? The Victor's Cir- 
circle circle or whatever i don't remember yeah she shows up to like that house not like the the same house and a rose has been left for her and this is after the bombing and everything Mm -hmm. like so she is like oh my god (laughs) i need to go (laughs) he is yeah she's like what if he's watching me right now and it really gets to her it's it's a very powerful symbol and it it reminds katniss that he is basically omnipresent and there is nothing that she can do without him knowing about it and so she is just like, how am I ever going to win against this man? It was a huge power move on his part. Also, yeah. I just cannot help but like keep thinking how he is like an 80-year-old man and his biggest nemesis is a 17-year-old girl. That's embarrassing for him. That's pretty embarrassing. Um, I but thought he himself rose to power when he was like 18. So Exactly. So he gets it. He gets it. it. Jinx. Um, the bread. Bread is a huge symbol in this book's it's in all of them but this one specifically yeah so we find out a little bit more about where panem got its name from and it is from a roman phrase panem et circes circes um which means bread and circuses and so basically bread in this world kind of symbolizes like life and hope, but the districts are also used as like a food supply and entertainment for the capital. And so the fact that they named it Panem is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, no, like this is our food and this is also our entertainment where no, we get to so watch children die. <laughs> it's like, it's horrible, but it's like, it's so well-written is what I mean by good. And, and like, you also see like the reoccurrence of bread, like, so Katniss and Peta, their relationship started off with him throwing like a lump of burnt bread at her to mm-hmm. like feed her family. She was moments away from dying. Right. And so I think it really hit hard too whenever like her team was thrown in like the prison because they stole bread and she's like, well, I'm no different from them. Yeah. Prisoner 24601. I know. Jean Valjean <laughs> was there as well. <laughs> you guys wouldn't believe like the crossover episode. It was crazy. <laughs> it was not. Um, yeah. Like Katniss, she fucking gets it. And so she is like, that's why she's so defensive with Gail whenever he's like, why do you care so much about them? They're from the Capitol. And she's like, they are victims of the Capitol. Like, right. yes, they lived in the Capitol, but they are also victims. And so she is pissed at him, which she should be. He's being unreasonable. But I, yeah, I thought like the whole name thing was like a huge, just mind blow. Like 10 yeah. out of 10. Love that. Lastly, the the lamb stew, that's Katniss' favorite meal from the Capitol from the first book. That meal appeared as a beacon of hope in the first book. In the first games, Katniss and Peeta were knocking on death's door. And then they get this lamb stew. And that meal is the same meal that the little um, squadron eats right before they take on the Capitol as well. And so it's kind of like that last, like, you know, tonight we eat like kings, tomorrow we fight for our lives kind of thing and i i like that it's like kind of the rally meal uh and also i mean it symbolizes everything that the capital has that the districts do not and so that's why like it was a little bit of luxury that they afforded themselves yeah so it's that's a good one i love that she repeats her symbols from book to book i do too 
So we only have a couple discussion questions today, just because I feel like we've really hammered home some of the other stuff that we've asked about in the past couple books. But I think this is like a really big layered topic for this first question that, you know, we can really dive into. So do you agree with the way things ended in the epilogue? I do not. And I would, I would have preferred for, I mean, I want Katniss and Peeta to still have each other in their lives. I think they deserve to have each other in their lives. They love each other and they are wonderful friends. I do not think that they should have been written to actually have a romantic life together. Yeah. In the end. I agree. No, I agree. Um, like I said, my first choice would be if if Prim, you know, does in fact die, would be for her to be able to choose to like go out the way that she wanted to because mm-hmm. it's like she kills President Coin, right? President Snow does his own thing, he dies. And they throw her into a prison cell, like yeah. immediately. And because then give, she assassinated the president. Yeah, give her this trial that she knows nothing about. And at the end, they're just like, yeah, we can't really do it. Like, you're broken. Like, it's not worth it. But, like, you got to go live over here now. And she's just like, I wanted to die. Like, I didn't even want to be here. Yeah. And now you're just she's letting me like, go? Why aren't you executing me? <laughs> she's like, this is what I wanted. Like, just let me be. And they're like, no, now you have to live your life. And she's like, well, I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah. They're like, your punishment is that you have to live. There's no way she's happy. And she even says that. Like, she has to make lists of good things that have happened to remind herself that there are good things in the world. And she's like, and eventually it does grow long. But it's like the fact that, like, that is your only source of, like, knowing if there is a good sliver of anything in this world is really sad. And, And of course, Peta's not well either. Like, they literally have to do real or not real because he is so entrenched in his PTSD that he does not know what's reality. And I think if it, like, just ended with her and Peta being together, I can live with that. Like, you have a trauma bond. You feel like those are, like, that's the only other person that's going to understand what you went through. And I get that. But the fact... That they brought children into that world when they themselves saw firsthand what it was like to be a child in that world is mind-boggling to me. And it's like, yes, is it supposed to be like a new world, a new generation? Absolutely. But you know it's But you can't guarantee that. Why would you ever bring children into that world? No, I think that what pisses me off the most about that is... It is so out of character for both of them as well because they didn't you want that. Know, you know that they didn't want kids. So why did we write that? Well, I think because like for so long they just did what was expected of them. And I feel like that was so entrenched and like ingrained in who they are that they're like, well, yeah. this is what's expected of us. So I get that. But it just like it sucks. And then it could just be kind of a deep rooted thing as well in our own society that Suzanne Collins felt that that was necessary for completeness sake. Um, I wonder how much of it was just influenced by that's what people expect from an epilogue. 
it's in like real they, life. they lived happily ever after and had children. Yeah, especially end. when it comes to young adult. Because like we said, we, I mean, we just brainstormed like at least three endings that would have been much more satisfying as an adult. However, would that have satisfied the young adult audience? No, it wouldn't have. It was for a target audience that's not us. Sure. And, you know, as an author, like, I'm sure there's, like, eventually you got to give on some stuff it to have something that's readable. Because, I mean, after all, you are writing for a, a living. Yeah. So. And whenever your audience is young adult. They're picky. They're picky. And if you go the route of writing a quote-unquote unhappy ending, um, you run the risk of... People like happy endings. They just it. do. Yeah. But I just feel like if you're going to write something so deep and so impactful, like, you have to have a very powerful ending. And I felt like it was just a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah. Because I think what what ruins it the most for me is it feels like almost like Suzanne's trying to kind of explain it in the end because she, um, Katniss says, what I need to survive is not Gail's fire, kindled with rage and hatred. I have plenty of fire myself. What I need is the dandelion in the spring, the bright yellow that means rebirth instead of destruction, and only PETA can give me that. And it's like, it's like she's trying to justify this ending that she's written. You know what would have been super dope? What? So, like I said, like, having her go out, like, her and Peta both taking the the night law capsule yeah. and then at the very end like almost have like a historical like writing from someone else like kind of showing what happened afterwards and like what was rebuilt and like mm-hmm. like who was in power type of thing and like how their like sacrifice like impacted the new world yeah that would have been cool then you could still have that um that moment of it was all worth it that would yeah. kind of soften the blow but these kids are not going to be okay. Katniss and Peta are not going to be okay ever. And they should not have reproduced, most certainly. But I think it totally would have been fair to just let them... Let them go. Let them go. I agree. But what are you going to do, you know? Question two. Should there be a gray area when it comes to leadership? Like, should leaders have like a an in-between like in this like a middle ground kind of thing yeah in this book you had two people on two sides of the spectrum but they both ended up doing the absolutes on either side that ended Mm -hmm. up having the same outcome yeah and so do you think leaders should have like that middle ground i do like yeah my instinct is yes because it clearly isn't helpful to have people just on opposite sides of the spectrum fighting each other. We see that in the United States with like the political spectrum, like how people are so freaking like you're either far left or you're far right, but like both of them kind of (laughs) suck. Both of them suck. And well, I mean, like in certain ways, like I'm going to say definitely one side sucks a lot more, (laughs) Um, but like at a certain point, we do need to meet in the middle as far as like for humanity to work. You need to be able to see both sides. It is hard because like, of course there are, uh, there are side like two sides to every story, 
everyone does have a perspective from which they are viewing things. And I would say that the majority of people are reasonable. Most people that exist are chill and actually want the best for everyone. However, they are taken advantage of by people who do not care about what's best for everyone. And they're kind of, they're kind of recruited to one side or the other, like recruited to some extreme ideation Mm -hmm. and, they just kind of get brainwashed into thinking that, oh, I'm right and everyone else is wrong instead of realizing that people would agree on a lot more than they realize. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And like at the end of the book, like they said that, I don't remember what their name was. They took over as president and like they were a very fair and just ruler. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's all good and well. But it's, like, fair and just. Yeah, like... Can go either way. That is such a subjective thing to say. Is it fair? Like, who is it fair and just for, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so I I do think you have to have, like, that middle ground where you can see both sides of the coin here. Because it's, like, in order to make, you know, a judgment or an assessment, like, you have to see it from both points of view. And that's what, like, I think the issue was in this book was that, like, you had two people who saw just the farthest reaches of either side, Mm -hmm. and it was destructive either way. I think in a perfect world, obviously, everyone is going to have their own opinion, and a lot of times people are going to disagree with each other. In a perfect world, we would be able to talk about the things that we disagree on and and talk them out yeah but that's just i mean that's people just, work. yeah that's wishful thinking so i think that's the issue and mm-hmm. it sucks and suzanne collins did a good job pointing out how much it sucks yeah thanks suzanne <laughs> but join us next week <laughs> but anyway <laughs> please come back uh we're going to be discussing the prequel like we said and it is called a ballad of songbirds and snakes I'm so I'm excited. so excited. And then the week after that, uh, we'll be doing a little mini so they're actually making this prequel into a little movie yeah. of the same name. I'm very excited. Um, it I, looks so good. I have not been, like, I have not been to the theater as much. What am I trying to say? It's been a long time since I've, like, wanted to go to the movie theater so much. But the past, like, I would say since, like, summer... Like, movies just keep drawing me back to the movie theater. Oh, and yeah. I'm not a big movie theater person. Like, I but hate sitting still in a movie yeah. theater. But, like, there have been some bangers. Some real, real good movies out lately. So, so I'm I'll probably go excited. see this. I probably will, too. <laughs> so, go ahead. Get started on A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.